Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Amber and Michael Sidgwick, the Dudley Boys of What Culture, here to review last night's episode of Mandanarao. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Dressing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw, but also SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Havlin Sidgwick to review Monday Night Raw. Sidgwick, what did you make of last night's show? Um, aromas of garlic, uh, sautéed onion, some chili infused with the oil for base flavors to give it a bit of a kick. Triple H is cooking. Yeah! This is the... Probably the best Raw I've certainly seen this year. I think this was one of the better Raws. I think this might be the best Raw of the Triple H era. Wow. I can't remember a time when I was just watching it thinking, this is way better than I thought, or this was just as good as I thought, and I thought it was going to be really damn good. And then an actual Star is Born moment, and I cannot remember the last time in WWE and it's modern history, mainly through their fault, well, through their fault yes. entirely, the existence of the performance center means we do not get these moments anymore. It's usually the preserve of AEW because you have to go through NXT and mm-hmm. learn where the hard camera is and learn when your hand, learn where your hands are and yeah. stare at them and do your entrance and perfect your entrance so it's the same every week so people are happy to skip your entrance. Because of the existence of this performance center, which is done, in my opinion, way more harm than good despite the fact that Runaway success, mainly because of AEW's Cody Rhodes. You do not get that thrill, mm-hmm. and I miss that thrill in WWE. You get this mundane, fixed cast, and if someone does debut, I've seen them in NXT a million times. And even though I've seen Dragon Lee in NXT quite a few times, they hadn't, I don't think, and no. he just won them over. Oh, my God. This is such... I, I'm going to praise them by burying them, such as my way <laughs> yeah. of critiquing WWE. <laughs> Shut it down. Well, obviously, don't shut it down. Do you get, you know, a better training system? But the people who can go, like Dragon Friggin' Lee, yeah. who's worked some of the best modern New Japan matches ever, and think about that. Like, you know, what you should probably do is just put them on Raw in a position to succeed and impress. And when they impress, it just hits so differently. Um, I. That feeling in WWE, I thought, was long gone. Truly um, amazing to see it come back, even if it was just the once. 
Uh, Happily, you wrote the ups and downs available right now at whatculture.com on this episode. What did you make of it? Yeah, eight and three for that, um, covering Scott Carlson. Probably the best ratio ever in what culture history. That's eight and three for Raw. Um, You know, another nine in a series of a long line of them for Raw. But, like, great matches and genuinely interesting character development and overlapping developments I'm looking forward to getting into. But the in-ring being different from one match to the next is something that where, like, whereas I can tolerate some pretty mid wrestling on Raw for the odd memorable match. Can that, you? That, that, that little rule I've got where I like, did I really remember that at the end of the week? Like, it's not often Raw contributes something to that, but, like, last week we were talking about the Kofi match. There's been two Viking Raiders ones this year. That's strange. But, like, those kind of matches, you could argue that for most of the good matches on the show because there was something different that separated each one from the other. So that was really impressive as a show. This was so well-agented. And I would say the majority, not all of them, but the majority of the stories featured overlapped into other stories and that's not just one I'm, you know joke about how much I love this Jey Uso thing because it does overlap all of them did here yeah. so again presented this picture of a bunch of wrestlers who are not just single minded I am feuding with you it's me and the Miz and absolutely nobody else exists yeah. like that's so un WWE yeah I was I was ready to, to go to war for this show because I was, uh, the main event was something we talked about in the preview yesterday of people we've seen a million times fighting with each other, fighting with each other, chaos we've seen a million times. But I, it fired me up. There was other bits on the show. The Dragon Lee thing, obviously, we'll get to. Uh, there's a so- star in recent weeks, and this was another pointed week for me that I have been completely indifferent about for about oh, two years. Mm-hmm. That's drawing me back in, uh, but completely off topic. Uh, Sige, as you exemplified that, it's, it's good to acknowledge sometimes where y- your opinions can change on things, and I'm. I was wrong about chicken thighs. I had chicken thighs for tea last night. You just reminded me by talking about food. Well, I say I. And Louise cooked a delicious, I think, is it chicken souvlaki fat flatbread? Is that a thing? Yes. Oh, my God. And I always used Such to... Such a juicy, a, tender cut. You know, I'm a, I'm a breast guy. <laughs> but uh, I've, my eyes have been open to thighs. So I just want to acknowledge that fact before we deep dive into this show. I feel like you're you're an appreciator of a good thigh. Indeed. God, you're a you're my stepdad. One. You're my uncle. <laughs> uncle David Spade. I also like wings. Yes. Yeah, make that sexy, can you? Wings. What was the first match? <laughs> Cody Rhodes came out. We had a big video package recap in the previous week. Um, Live Valkyria. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And uh, Cody does his usual shtick and apologizes to us and says, I've got to acknowledge the audience because that's the hard campsite, basically. He loves that bit, doesn't he? Yeah, he loves that. I'm different. I'm better than everyone yeah. else, and don't you forget it. Yeah. He's, he's very good. Knows what he's doing. Uh, he's been interrupted two weeks in a row, so he's going to cut to the chase. He says, look, Jey Uso's here. Him moving to Raw means someone's going to get traded to SmackDown, and there's a very disgruntled locker room as a result of that. Um, people think I should just let Jey Uso sink, he says, but no. I'm not going to do that, but also me and Jey aren't best friends. Um, maybe there are some other reasons why I'd want Jey Uso here. Maybe we're uh, no longer in the third inning, boys. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, either way, he's not going to let a man get beat down three on one for making the right decision. Uh, that decision being turning down the most toxic faction in history, the Judgment Day. On the bloodline, and he had to end them. <laughs> that's not, yeah, that's still, that's not till next year. He's got to d- 
Okay, yeah. yeah okay. Cedric, he failed profoundly at that task. Okay, okay, yeah. He's yes, on a new yes. quest. He did, yeah. Uh, but yeah, him saying that brings out uh, Finn Balor, uh, Senora Money in the Bank, and Dominic Mysterio, and of course, uh, collectively, they're in the f***ing judgment. Don't forget to subscribe to see a live version of oh that. God, never MP for me. I know people might want to do. Actually, no, I do it. Just don't tag me. Yeah. <laughs> like share, love it if you want. You're better in a pest. <laughs> <laughs> it's, always, it's always what I'm going to think about with the subtitle. Just, just want to see my jowls. You know, when you open up your phone in selfie mode, you go, oh, for God's sake, yep. that's going to be my new life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the What Culture Wrestling Podcast is coming to YouTube, and do join myself and. Hamlet and Sage, the Dadly Boys, uh, for our live Q&A tomorrow afternoon, UK time. Check out our socials for all the uh, latest updates on that. Yeah, screen. we haven't got a specific time yet. No, but it will be announced. Well, we will do. There'll be a link and stuff. And there'll, be, you know, there'll be a period where you know you get to know the time before it drops. Yeah, and you can ask questions and stuff. Absolutely, and there's going to be some big announcements on there oh. as well. Ooh, right. uh, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the announcement I'm um, getting this table sorted. Like I asked for from since day one. We talking about it's fine. Here he comes. Is uh, Mariah Carey? No, I need. I've. I've I don't, they're going to do something. We got proper. People I don't want a blue M and M in a jar a hundred <laughs> times over. I want to. Requ- uh, uh, hey, it's up to them, boys. <laughs> I want this sorted out. What would you have if you could have a rider? One thing on your rider. Crisps. Crisps. Sige. Um. Good coffee. Oh, I was. I've, I'm, I'm, I've become. I thought you were going to say coffee. cocktails then, but you've become a coffee guy. Coffee guy. Coffee you? guy. Yeah, yeah. Didn't the oat milk I love cocktails work? as well? Still. Oh yeah. Cocktails and coffee. The oat milk didn't work for you today, did it? Not particularly. Sad for you there. Like my favorite change with coffee. Is normal it. milk meant to be sweeter? I don't really have much of a palate. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it's sweeter. Just different. Like oat milk just tastes different, and it's a, a nicer tasting coffee as a result. I don't like the idea that you were charged 45p. I think sometimes you can get it what? without having... In Air Costa, it was 45p extra to swap the milk. Get that was like Bruce. Yeah. What if that was like a, um allergy thing, you know? Oh, f- you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Finn Balor's like, Cody, Cody, Cody. Why are you getting involved in <laughs> business? Uh, Damien Priest says that we tried to recruit Jay, but you had to come and save the day because everything's got to be about you, hasn't it? Dominic tries to speak in the booze. Uh, and Rhodes says, look, Judgment Day isn't a real family. Dom had a real family, and they can't stand him. Um, he says, look, you've all got title matches tonight. I wonder what's going to happen if Mammy uh, returns, and you're all empty-handed. And Dom says, keep, keep, keep. What, Hang on, what? what does that mean? Hmm? Go back. Uh, what would happen if she came back and they were all empty-handed? What does that mean, though? If they'd all lost the titles. All oh, right, okay. Because they've got the tag belts on the line tonight. Dominic's got his North American title on the line. Right, okay. And they okay, could right, theoretically okay. have had an out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, I was just... Mine was adrift. <laughs> Dom says, keep. And he goes, name out your mouth. Uh, and they're about to surround... Because oh, she's a disciplinar- disciplinarian. Yeah. He's always on top. Yeah. 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 Uh, I was doing cowgirl. They're about to... That's what they're saying, isn't it? Sex. Yeah. <laughs> the real sex have a real... <laughs> <laughs> They're about to surround the ring and go after Cody, but here comes Jey Uso out of nowhere to slide into the ring and defend him. Uh, and they still go, one, two, there's three of us, that's fine. Um, they hop on the apron, but here comes Kevin Owens oh. and Sami Zayn. <laughs> Where have I seen this before? Um, Thank God. Uh, they, so Judgment Day back off, but as they are about to head back, here comes JD McDonough with a couple of chairs. And 
that convinces Finn. Let's go. I like the fact that Damien Priest is like, let's not do that, guys. Um, so they c- pile into the ring. I thought this was really well blocked. They pile into the ring. Damien Priest is like, for f- right. <laughs> he slides in, but by the time he slid in, the rest of the judgment day with their asses kicked and been kicked out of the ring, and suddenly he's alone. They've got the baby face has got the chairs, and he's like, oh, yeah. Great, thank, thanks, JD. <laughs> and he gets his ass handed to him. Uh, he gets super kick from Jey Uso and a chair shot from Cody sends him out of the ring. I loved all of this. Um, Cody, to start with, just doing the not the Cody promos are never bad, so that's great. Yeah, but the line was well timed about the bottom of the third stuff because we're only like what, like nine days or so gone from the Rock returning. And everybody getting pretty anxious about what the hell's happening at WrestleMania. Right, strike's almost over. Come on, guys. So, yeah. So it was worth Cody referencing specifically what Paul Heyman had said, as if to say, no, no, the, the story's very much still going to get finished. The dream's still on. <laughs> I will leave this company if they don't do the right <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. And the idea that now he's kind of folding in the fact that uh, there was maybe an ulterior motive for me trying to get Jay away from the bloodline. Like, I can't risk anything getting back to normal on SmackDown, so I'm going to help break that apart. You need a main event star on SmackDown if you're taking Jay away. Hmm. Yeah, like if like I said the other week, I kind of thought initially they might be a bit more elegant with the trade. I think it's probably just going to be Cody, isn't it? And if that was what they were setting up. Fine, like that that does make sense. The Damien Priest stuff I really liked because mm. they'd parked the Priest and Finn Balor tensions because they've won the belts. Why be angry with each yeah. other? Because look, things are cooking again. We've won the titles. But over the course of this show, this helped them set up the show-long story where it's not so much about Damien Finn falling out, it's about everybody but Damien embracing J.D. McDonough. Yeah, Priest actually in the wrong. Yeah, like he's, he's thought, well, come on, let's not be stupid this time, which is intelligent, like, because he's a guy that's going to turn face, so it's like, why would we be dumb? We're going to get our asses kicked, let's just save it till later. J.D. McDonough's the one that's like, no, come on, guys, let's do it, and then Priest's the one that's left to pick up the pieces. But by the end of the show, like, J.D. McDonough's vindicated a little yeah. bit, and it's like, oh, Am I the one? Priest is like, am I the asshole? Yeah. And all that. I quite like this as like a development of, it's more than the basic, the Judgment Day of fighting. Because I've got significant problems with the stable fighting for no reason elsewhere on the show. So I think they've tightened up quite a lot. Yeah. I was bored of senseless by this. But the actual show closing stuff involving all of these parties was tremendous. So this was a completely boilerplate, (laughs) bog standard (laughs) show opening segment that led to something much better. Um, Two weeks in a row now. Uh, where we've looked at a match on the card and gone, oh, that's a match on the card, and we've spent maybe 10 seconds saying, yep, that'll be a match, and the winner's obvious. And then we get to it, and we're like, yeah! I'm talking, of course, of Bronson Reed versus Otis. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Again, I was sort of like, eh, big lads, they'll knock each other about a bit. And then they did the tail of the tape. I was straight into it. And Wade Barrett's giving Big E a shout-out, which is lovely. Sport and stuff really works in pro wrestling. (laughs) Big meaty men slapping me. Not even physical sport. This was like temping bowling, but instead of pins, it was another bowling. Yeah. yeah. You want to see them crash into each other. That's what they look like as well. (laughs) (laughs) I went bowling on uh, Saturday for my birthday. Yeah. How'd you go? Got a strike. Just one. Oh, my God. Strike, few spares, then a a collapse. Do you have the gutters up for the kids or...? Goes over the kids, but they go down they go when down I'm there. Yeah, I like that. They go like down when I'm there. It was lane seven. Um, Levels it a bit with the kids as well, doesn't oh. it? Otherwise, you would just like it'd be pointless. Smash them. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I just realised it's less than three months till we go to lane seven together. Well, we hope so. Yeah. Oh, it's happening. It's a better, bloody better. Bloody better. It's, it's a Prince Nanny year, isn't it, for bowling celebrations? Yeah. It is. What we do at the Christmas party <laughs> is that... Years of tradition this Years time. of tradition is that me and Hamlet will be on the same lane, and whoever organises it will make sure we're on the same lane. Whoever gets a strike... That's a turn around, do a wrestling celebration. Yeah. And uh, 
I didn't get one last year. <laughs> I was absolutely devilled. Absolutely devilled. This year, well, this year for my birthday party, got a strike. I was about to hit the entire family. <laughs> My family <laughs> with the ravishing recruiter went, No, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredibly weird. Um, so I pivoted to, went, Oh, my hands will go behind my back. Oh, I'll tr- get an arrow out of my thing. Yeah, nice. In Harvey, in Harvey Bonds. Very nice. Impressive. Because yeah. 20% of me still likes Newcastle. Only 20%. <laughs> um, it's going to be one of those ones where, did you see that thing the other day where I don't know what league this was in? Someone scored and did about eight celebrations in one. It was like, I'm having a baby. And also, get in and also kiss the badge and I also dive into um, the crowd. Is it the Wolves lad? Maybe. Yeah, that yeah. might have been it. That's going to be one of us because Prince Anna's obviously coming out. But let's not forget the Daniel Garcia. That's got to come out as well. well. No, that footballer was just a massive Dana Brooke fan. <laughs> yes. tribute to a legendary entrance. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Shoulder tackle from Bronson Reed. Otis doesn't move. Shoulder tackle from Otis. Bronson Reed doesn't move. Oh they hit the ropes. They both hit a clothesline. Neither of them move. Oh they shove each other in the, the each other in the face. Big clothesline. They both go down. Reed gets Otis up on his shoulders. Samoan drop. And then he gets back up. And they hit the ropes and double crossbody. Oh and then uh, Otis comes back. Back elbow. Discus clothesline. Angle slam. Oh Otis hits the caterpillar. Goes to the Vader ball. Misses. Reed. Follows up, sent on, Tsunami, one, two, three. This was like, what, four or five minutes? It was awesome. A big, like, big lad sprints yeah. are just so good. Wrestling's back. Wrestling's back. <laughs> sprints are back. Yeah. Sprints on both channels, please. I'm sick of back and forth. Here we go, near fall after near fall. <laughs> I will. <laughs> seesaw action back and forth. Seesaw action back and forth. What a maneuver. I just want to see some sprints. This is absolutely, oh, I love this, man. The weird, good wrestling shapes. The kind of. We shouldn't be able to do top rope stuff. It's like if you do too much of this, it becomes. Oh no, I can't actually believe you're doing that. Want to know why? Because I see it every fucking week. <laughs> <laughs> but sparingly, there are very few thrills as sort of like giddy as this, mm. and it was just so well done. Like proper, like it reduced you. You watch it through like the lens of a child. Yeah, of yeah. like the size of them doing that. I've been pretty critical of Bronson Reed because he's drab. But uh, he's not <laughs> drab right now. He's cooking. And I feel like something's happening here. Like uh, Rollins, Gunther, something. Like I feel like that's it's not just he's battering Alpha Academy, which he has done. I feel like, right, he's moved on from them now and there's going to be another victim next week and maybe the week after that. They possibly won't always be as entertaining as the last two, but this is what you do. Like if you're being given the ball a little bit, run with it. And I think there's something coming from him following the Shinsuke Seth thing, like you look around this roster, it's not like there's anybody obvious set up for assuming that he retains. Seth Rollins next. It's probably worse Ooh. than Bronson Reed right now, just for, like if Jess mates for you guys, then he just sets really injured with his bad back and he just yeah. flattens him. Flattens him with the pace like this. Why, why not? Yeah. What's wrong with that as a TV? <laughs> Damien Priest is spoiled for choice. The yeah. last Matt Sandy match, or he faces Bronson Reed. Oh, great, I was wait. Tegan <laughs> uh, Knox is in the back. Uh, she approaches Becky Lynch. And uh, she was like, where the bloody hell were you last week? You don't read the reports. Um, she says, uh, I saw you by the curtain. Why didn't you enter? And she says, well, Natalia was there too. And I let her jump in because she's a veteran. Uh, oh, my God. Then <laughs> she says, you need to stay up on some towels. Uh, preview worth. Uh, I want you to be next in line after I retain my title on Saturday at NXT. No, no. Um Knox is sort of G'd up by this. 
And uh, we go to a break, come back, and uh, Tegan Knox approaches Postman Pierce uh, and says, can I have a, a shot at the winner on Raw next week, the winner of the NXT Women's Championship match? And Natalia comes in and goes, actually, I'll have a title match. And uh, Knox is like, excuse you? And Natty's like, well, come on, come on. Um, Becky's just playing games with you. I've got the passion. Uh, and then Natalia said, oh, hope you get hungry. Forget your manners. What? Deep cut. That's what that is. Deep cut. Oh, what oh is that it? So, thing? well, there's two things to this, right? So this is uh, the line that Bret Hart gives yes, Jim Neidhart. Yes, uh, For Canadian Sampede. Ah, I've seen on uh, Wrestling With Shadows. Why this matters is because it's featured on Wrestling With Shadows because they're practicing and Neidhart still can't get it right. The absolute clown. But Bret featuring, <laughs> he's got one line, do this one job, he's a big rainer, and he does it, right, eventually on camera. And why that matters is because either Triple H has approved or just allowed them to say a Wrestling With Shadows line on his show. Now, Spoiler, Triple H doesn't come across that well. Oh, so yeah. So if uh, Julie... They strike you down. <laughs> Julie Hart, you swear to God all you want, Hunter. If she gets a go on Raw, like, Triple H is in trouble. So I love Wrestling with Shadows crossing over with Triple H's Raw. I love that scene in Wrestling with Shadows when Brett feeds Anvil the line because, like, he's clearly basically putting across the idea. You know, you could say this, Jim. The, the subtext is, say this, Jim. It's better <laughs> than you could probably anything you could do in your life. And Jim is just... Well, one last thing for me to do. That's good. But, like, because Brett, at the start of the documentary, is so charmingly bashful when the cameras are on him. You know, you could say that. You know, I thought it was a good idea. It might not be. <laughs> I love bashful Brett Hart. It's, uh, he's a very different man by the end. <laughs> I, you know, I really like this. The I'll, I'll just jump ahead. They didn't give the match enough time to sell the rest of this story, which is a bit of a shame. But... The idea that now in kayfabe, Becky Lynch is kind of tacitly already putting over Tegan Knox's ability because in her mind last week, it was an open challenge, inverted commas, because she just walked past the person she wants to face. Becky Lynch, an affable babyface champion who wants to give out opportunities, you know, which, as we understand, is a bit of a shoot in this contest she has with Charlotte Flair, right? who can get the most people over. So you believe this about this Becky Lynch character, and then she herself, as she was last week, is confused that Natalia's walked through the curtain. They have made sense of the old man being stupid. Like, I thought this was a pretty good workaround for what we all kind of knew went on last week. This spoke to my detail-loving heart. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Then we got uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Ludwig Kaiser. Skip. Confusion with Giovanni Vinci and Chamberlain with an E-strike. I know we said skip means skip. I mean, Hamlet were both talking about Raw over the desks for once. <laughs> we do not need dissension within every single WWE stable, even though it's clearly what people are drawn to. If you do too much of it, Tony Khan, you will hit a point of diminished returns. This is, the, this is true of literally everything, and I could not possibly care about Giovanni Vinci as a babyface, which is... Weird, considering he's so explosive and awesome, but I just don't need to see another stable do this. No, the one thing I think of when I look at Imperium and how like a bunch of ass kickers they are is the admin that goes on <laughs> the hierarchy and who's in charge of whose career. And like, just nonsense stuff that I don't need to watch. Champa beating them to get to Gunther, fine. Yeah, like he's on a winning streak yeah. and he's beating Gunther's mates. That's tremendous. But you, I'm tremendous. Sick. It's funny when you say it's boring when AEW does gauntlets. I'm sick of the bollockins. I'm sick of their. Not from Sidgwick. I mean, I'm sick of the bollockings from Gunther <laughs> to Imperium. Like, it's it's needless. They're, they're one stable that don't even require this because as a no. tag team, Imperium rule. So have them just, fair enough, they're losing singles, but just keep them in the tag ranks trying to win the belts. Aye, and it's as if Giovanni Vinci is like, yeah, he's just a bit of a f*** up, isn't he? He's <laughs> <laughs> not like this really, like, put upon baby face yeah. or he's got really noble intentions. It's like, oh, come on, Giovanni Vinci's trying to do right. It's just this goof who keeps losing. There's no sympathy. I can't support no. him. No. And like Ludwig Kaiser's going to fall short because he's got an eye for the ladies and that's going to cost him as well at some point. And it's going to be like, but hang on, like you're supposed to be in charge of me, Ludwig, and now you're going out with her. Like, yeah. It's wacky. <laughs> Don't want it. it. Let's stop swearing. Yeah, that was my first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, enough of all that. Now time for this. It's short, it's crap, it's wrestling related. The five-star review review. Nailed it! And this week's five-star review review is brought to you by Gunner. Not that one. Thank God. If you want to suggest something short, crap, wrestling related... You can either do so on Apple Podcasts, where it means a five-star rating on there, or, like Gunnar's done, leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Gunnar writes, Afternoon, fellas. Long-time listener here from over in the United States. Howdy. Uh, First things first, uh, I'd like to say thank you. I don't have much time these days to watch wrestling of any kind, but I download and listen to your reviews every week. You guys give me all the updates I need in the wrestling world when I'm walking the dog or driving to the gym. If something really piques my interest, I'll even give it a look on YouTube which means either you've sold me on something so incredible I can't miss it, or some, something so terrible that, well, I can't miss it. Uh, I appreciate the insights you provide into uh, more than what's just happening on the screen, and I especially pop all the dumb inside jokes that you all, especially Wilborn, can constantly deliver through the episodes, which, on- honestly, at this point, a standard Merci. review is uh, probably something along the lines of 30% wrestling recap, 20% analysis, 15% utter nonsense, 25% Wilborn popping himself, 5% Sidgwick being a grumpy old man, and 5% Hamlet being a slightly less grumpy old man. I'm middle-aged. <laughs> anyway, you guys crack me up whenever I'm, I'm approaching middle age. How are you going to cope with 40, do you think? I think I'm going to be all right with that. Something about 37 or 38 is worse. Like, late 30s, yeah. it's like, it's over. It's totally over my life. <laughs> Something about 36, I was like, mm, I could maybe hack one more year on the championship. Mm. Yeah. Maybe I could even do a World Cup for a 
a team that needs me that I'm the star of. 37 is like your football career is over. <laughs> that means you are old. Anyway, you guys crack me up whenever I listen. I truly appreciate some levity in a world that's sometimes a little less than cheerful. Uh, for a review, how about uncorking something from the often overlooked new generation era and letting Willie sift through the pervy comments because I'm sure they exist somewhere. Oh, boy. Uh, P.S. If you ever want to fact check your knowledge of American sports, I'm your guy. Uh, you're usually about 80 to 90% correct with your references to basketball and American football, but sometimes you're just a little confused. <laughs> I'm an enormous Philadelphia sports fan, so I'm absolutely... Eagles! Absolutely used to watch watching... Uh, flyers! <laughs> watching crushing defeat. Maybe we have lost... 49ers? Oh, God. We have lost three straight championship games this past year. The Union losing in the MLS championship... And the Phillies losing in the World Series on the same day. Oh. So you're telling me that the MLS couldn't find uh, where the grandma used to keep the peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> and the Eagles losing the Super Bowl. Sorry about your Colts, Adam, but they suck balls. Take care of yourselves, <laughs> Gunner. Uh, so what did we... Oh, I went to our, our obvious, our new generation correspondent. What did you select for this, Michael Hamlet? And tell us the backstory. Well, the backstory to the selection is that you said, is there anything sexy from the new generation? And I replied with a hard no because it's the most sexless era in pro wrestling ever. Um, uh, don't so, say it, don't say it, don't say it, Sonny. Yeah, till mid-96. But, you know, it gets pretty problematic pretty quick when you go down that route. So I landed on Pamela Anderson at the Royal Rumble 1995. Sure you did. <laughs> 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 she, well, she was obviously the hottest star in the world off the back of Baywatch, but by April she was married to Tommy Lee, and then they went on their honeymoon. So things got dark for a while there. Mm. Um, so this is when she was brought in. I don't think you'd be able to get away with this now, uh, as the, like, basically the prize of whoever wins the Royal Rumble gets to go to WrestleMania with Pamela Anderson, and, like, it's implied that they, they get to f*** her as well. <laughs> Sorry, Wilborn. Um <laughs> And that's weirdly implied. That, it's wrapped yeah. up in the marketing of it. It's like it's not just about getting the title shot against. Hey guys, business is in the toilet. But uh, look at these, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that's like basically, an, what it was like an enormous star, like a, 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 huge, a huge get for get. WWE, considering like yeah. how in the toilet they were culturally at the time. A massive get for them. Uh, so in the short video, we see Pamela Anderson walking into her house to what can only be described as guitar porn music. Uh, how she, do you know what that sounds like? Have you seen the parodies of it? Yeah, just, yeah, 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 just yeah, yeah. inferred it. Actually, I do need help with something a little bit later on in this stage. Oh, okay. Um, so she checks her answering machine. Remember those? Uh, whilst getting undressed. Yeah, they're on my phone. Oh, yeah. Uh, starts, Pamela, Lex here. Can't wait to see you after the rumble. We'll go out and paint the town. Right. It's time to play the game! Time to play time the game! Play game. finish that sentence it's got to be it's got to be red white, white and, and blue. blue red and blue for the flag white for his jizz <laughs> that's what he meant yeah is correct the sex express yeah <laughs> sex luger <laughs> uh then it's um i didn't recognize this next one you said hey pam big daddy cool here well why is she taking any more calls like nash is on the phone offering you full sex you didn't recognize him because he was like the lowest drawing WWE <laughs> champion in history. It's a guy called it's Diesel. So she let it cross and just deleted that message. Ooh. If you want to like know about that kind of obscure information, there's a website called watch, whatculture.com slash WWE. <laughs> Listicles will tell you about um, his dismal run when in fact WrestleMania 12 drew more poorly mm. than WrestleMania 11. 
I'm kind of Diesel in the main event. Sort of raging that Diesel was second to the phone behind Lex Luger. And you know it was all of one phone backstage in the locker room somewhere. How is he not first? He's not that desperate, though. That's Yeah. That's well, he knows how he's played. Cool. He's, yeah. I presume he's, he's overheard Lex because he says, Hey, Pam, Big Daddy Cool here. After the Rumble, why don't you and I go out and paint the town black and chrome? Ooh. Give me a call, baby. Kev. <laughs> Kev, 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 Kev. Yeah, and yeah. And yeah, uh, that's what my baby face here. Right here. Yeah, you sure are. Uh, and then the voiceover goes, 30 WWF superstars. And then it says, yo, Pam, heartbreak kid here. Couldn't help but notice you checking me out on the beach after I win the Rumble. And it goes on. And they, they were, because that was they were on Baywatch together, right? Yeah. Uh, and the voiceover cuts off HBK of all people. One goal. Uh, and then... Shut up, man. <laughs> You're <getting> sick. <laughs> and you hear, hey, hey, Pammy Sue, baby. This is Double J, and she giggles. You're she telling me there's a chance. Uh, he says, how about it? It's going to be a double treat the night of the Rumble. I'm winning it. And then it fades out. And then <laughs> all the others, they just let it happen. But <laughs> presumably, they were like, no one's going to know this is. Um, put a big picture of Doink on screen. <laughs> and then uh, it's, I think, Doink. Uh, he says... Hey, Pamela, uh, what do you say after I win the Rumble? And then the voiceover message. So this, uh, just to recap, it says, 30 WWF superstars, one goal. And then she goes, mm, maybe two goals. Any any ideas what that might Say be? it one more time. So she says, she's picking up the Rumble. She says, 30 WWF superstars, one goal. And that's to main event WrestleMania. Yeah. And then you hear these people leading this message, and you've got Pamela Anderson, she's getting undressed. And... Uh, you hear these desperate men, uh, and then she says, uh, maybe two goals. Why suck the, just the left breast when you could also <laughs> suck the right breast or have your left and right breast sucked at the same time? That's what you meant, isn't it? Because she was famous for having pretty sizable breasts. That's this for the guy now. Okay, question. Yeah. Before we presumably ugh, go back to the comments in the perverts, where was the 1995 Royal Rumble held? Because that's what this was promoting, correct? 1995 Royal Rumble. Tampa Bay, Florida. Shh. Even so, remember the big furore when AEW held Beach Break in, in January? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> you wouldn't see WWF promoting beach time stuff in January, would you? Yeah, it was a beach all over the graphic as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get, get Adam Cole down to the... Keep your, keep your coat off. <laughs> That's one of the benefits of AEW being cold. You just don't get that kind of stupidity anymore. Mm. I, I don't see it anyway. Maybe I've got a better curated timeline than most. There was that one the other day, wasn't there, where it was like, <laughs> you never see Triple H doing this with like someone drinking some jizz or something on being the elite. Oh, like, yeah. you no, kidding yeah, me with this. Anyway, uh, King says, Hey, Baywatch lady, I can't wait to see you in Tampa. After the Rumble, the King's going to give you the royal treatment. Like, is he, she was in her 20s. I was going to say, yeah, like you saw. <laughs> you say, like, like Baywatch. a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> Just Baywatch ladies, like, kind of aging her up. Yeah. No, not interested. Not you. <laughs> not you. And the announcer uh, says, the WWF Royal Rumble, live Sunday, January 22nd, only on pay-per-view. And Pamela Anderson says, what a night it's going to be. Spencer Chetpool, she's gone. <laughs> So we go to the comment section. I watched our show as well. I don't believe if she didn't look interested. <laughs> didn't want to be there. <laughs> and uh, probably ran into Jerry. 
surprisingly, there is no. Oh, I wish I was an answering machine in the comments. <laughs> um, a lot of these guys are phony fakers, Pam. Phony <laughs> fakers, Pam. Um, but there is a little. Uh, it's time to play the game. Because the uh, first comment from Justin here, yeah, uh, he's t- time stamped it and simply just said, "I got a fetish." What was on screen at 16 seconds of this video? Do you think um, Pamela Anderson's breasts? It's not Michael oh. Hamlet. I got a fetish. Uh, Pamela Anderson's feet. Done a lot of these reviews. I, I, always, I love these comments, Sige, because I'm. I, who are you trying to impress? Uh, John Pamela Anderson. Yeah. Well, John in 1995, <laughs> Bourguin writes, "Pam wasn't even that hot. I've seen hotter." Sorry. Is that uh, you're negging in a YouTube comment section? Uh, and the new guy seems to approve as well because he writes, "Ugliest feet ever," but the body's amazing. So. What? Simon Jenkins disagrees. He uh, writes, worth a big poke for sure. <laughs> These are not reflective views myself, who is a part of the Dadly Boys now, or anyone at World Culture Wrestling. Uh, Jay writes, people say there are angles in heaven, but I want to tell them I've seen an angle on earth. She's called Pamela Anderson. <laughs> 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 Dan Newby writes, Pam helped me to, Pam helped take me from a boy to a man. And many poor socks paid the price. What's he talking about there? Is he just like, is that just like when he grew up, grew out of them or something? You know, like your feet get bigger on you. When he he grew up from a boy to a man. Did he have a spurt, like a growth spurt? Unfortunately, he had a spurt, all right. But what he's referring to is that um, some people use um, socks. Um, it's like sort of a catch is made for jizz. <laughs> Never done it. Uh, I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there is a spurt involved. It's the spurting of uh, uh. a river of a jack. Talk about a river of ejaculate. Catch <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's a fastballer. I think I think that's maybe oh, maybe God. what what because I I you know I, I'd. Thought my, that might be the case. Oh, Cairo there's more. Uh, responds in all caps. Oh, me pants are going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, what have we got to say? Uh, what, uh, he's going to come on his pants, obviously. <laughs> is what he's getting that Wilborn, if, if you missed that one as okay. well. Uh, <laughs> so specific. Brent Wagner writes, I'd eat her ass for three days. Why specifically three days? Just, like, it's going to carry on with his diary. And then I've got work. I've got got, if we can, if it's the, we can try and do it on a bank holiday. Yeah. It's a long weekend. The family birthday on a Wednesday. We've got a window between. <laughs> Flicking through the <laughs> <laughs> diary. Oh, sorry. Work. <laughs> Church. Pamela Anderson's ass. Pamela Anderson's <laughs> ass. Pamela Anderson's ass. Thursday. I don't know. Dinner out with the fam. <laughs> oh, this is a 2023 diary. Where's my 95 one? <laughs> Where's my time machine? <laughs> so, uh, thanks for that, Gunner. 
Thanks, Gunner. Thanks, Gunner. <laughs> yeah, if you want to suggest something short, crap, wrestling related, uh, do so on Apple Podcasts or leave us a five-star rating on Spotify. Screenshot it. We need the proof. And email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Back to tomorrow. Uh, where are we? Oh, yeah. Uh, a Dragon Lee video package, introducing him to the audience. And uh, and then Lynch joins commentary, Becky Lynch, that is, um, for, for this next match. Uh, it's Tegan Knox versus Natalia. Very brief. Natalia blocked a Shining Wizard, hit a sit-out powerbomb, got a near fall. Uh, went for the sharpshooter, but she sucks at that. Uh, so Knox blocks it and to hit the world's shiniest wizard for the one, two, three. Uh, she got the crowd on side, but to me, she looked like an, uh, a competition winner whose strikes weren't there. But guess what? I can readily imagine that her confidence has been pummeled for like every reason. Mm-hmm. I can imagine her being tentative on certain things because of the knee injury. She's basically been, without being explicitly told, she's been shown by management that you don't see anything in her for that many months. So yeah. I wasn't expecting a world-class performance, and I did not get one either. No, I just, I think overall this was a really successful one-week rehab of a character, not just from last week's pie-in from Vince McMahon, but the overall abandonment of the character over the last several months. So they've created added stakes to the NXT title match because Tegan Knox is going to be waiting, you mm. know, like from a champion that's been battered in an Extreme Rules match. Uh Damien Priest bursts into the Judgment Day locker room. He's furious. He throws a chair across the room, uh, yells at uh, J.D. McDonough, you're not in the Judgment Day. You never will be. I just took a beating because of you. Get out now. And I like the bit where Balor's about to step in and then goes, I'll just, I'll just let him get it off his chest, really. It's, yeah, it's like I wasn't a fan at all of this. Oh, we're just going to do the Bloodline thing, but I might end up buying this one. Like, they're going to... Basically, create this line. WWE logo in the bottom left screen. I think I'll get into it. They're going to create this line between like what makes you an official member, that sort of thing, and like eventually, Damien Priest can be like, right, fine. Like if he's all think he should be in, he should be in. You know, they were pretty strict on it from the beginning. All four of them. Finn Balor liked him, but that was as far as it went. It's the building. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out in a big shiny red outfit and big sunglasses, uh, and he uh, he wants to play a game with the crowd. Not that one. Uh, he says, sing my song if you're sick of seeing Shinsuke Nakamura duck me. Sing even louder if you think it's time for him to fight me for the world title. Uh, what is that song? Sing me again! Correct. <laughs> says the time for games is over. Uh, calls out Nakamura, he wants an answer, and if you don't answer, Shin, uh, I'm going to pull the offer and give it to someone else, who because there's other talented people who deserve an opportunity. This is absolutely rubbish. Dumb. So dumb. Dumb, rubbish, hate it, move on. And we get a pre-taped Nakamura video, um, talking in Japanese, saying how he wanted to be the straw that broke his back. Uh you were impatient, Seth. You showed all your cards. Now it's time for me to show mine. I want a match so brutal that you'll never walk again. A conclusion so humiliating, your daughter's going to be ashamed to look at you. I'll stand tall. You'll never stand again. Challenge him to a last man standing match at payback. <laughs> sure, that'll be as good as Texas death on collision. Uh, and Rollins talks a lot of bollocks, basically. He says, you played things almost perfectly, but you made one critical mistake. Why do they think it's some kind of political thriller? <laughs> it's crap. Ready? Just, I'm just going to say this as a sentence. Rollins said, my broken back isn't a weakness. Huh? 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. Kind of glaring one if you want to be a professional wrestler. He says, my broken back's a strength. The only way my family would be ashamed of me is if I didn't give it everything I've got. Mine's oh. big and it ain't made out of plastic. <laughs> Rollins' entire I'm not owned, I'm not owned corn cob promo here. Like, just do the ultimatum in week one. You haven't won this, like, witless battle of wits between these two idiots. Like, nobody's won here. Like, Nakamura looks a, a moron for being like, I do want the time match, please. Can we, can we have the time match now? <laughs> like, Seth Rollins is like, right, I'm just going to offer it to somebody else then. Like, I'm not going to play your games. You, you did for three weeks and you smashed your back to pieces. And, like, the outcome, like, that's the kayfabe and they're thick enough. But the company promoting a match that they get wrong, like, five times as many times as they get right in Last Man Standing when the first match was really boring and didn't ask for either a rematch in terms of your expectations of wanting to see them fight again or even in the fiction. Seth beat him. This is... The absolute epitome of an idiot thinking is clever, writing this sort of thing. Like, uh, what is any of this? <laughs> if you look at the plotting, everything's backwards. Everything's completely confusing. It's absolutely stupid. What, uh, what's the meme? I'm once again asking for your support. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just once again asking WWE to do a last man standing match where the first count in last man standing match might actually be the last count, not just, oh, careful. Once again, suplex. Asking for a last man standing match where Brock Lesnar drives a tractor to the ring and tips the ring on its side, please. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. this this was a a good one month story that had a bad payoff. And you can and that sometimes happens. Never mind, the match didn't a little and we move on. They've dragged out to two months. Like and they had no material for it. So it, like Seth Rollins, the world heavyweight champion, was the worst thing on the show comfortably in his story. Yeah, he said, uh, every time I step in the ring, there's a chance it could be the last time. But 100%, I'm best in the world. I'm the world heavyweight champion. I'm walking out of fast lane, actually, not you. So, move on. Uh, Ricochet's in crutches, getting interviewed by Jackie Redmond. Uh, geek. <laughs> he uh, didn't say when he was going to come back, but he said uh, when he did, he's got unfinished business with Nakamura. He's coming for Shin, whether he's champion or not. Not. <laughs> um, and Michael Cole updates us on Rhea Ripley. She's still out thanks to Nia Jax. And then it was time for the NXT North American oh Championship my match. Uh, Dominic Mysterio leading his young charge through this brilliant match. <laughs> uh, Dragley <laughs> Dragley hits a flip dive early on. Uh, Dom responds by hitting a DDT on the apron to take us to a break. Uh, when we come back, we are told that Dom's tied Dragon Lee's mask to the bottom rope during the break and just kicked him in the head. Uh, Dom's in control, goes up top, but uh, Dragon Lee comes back after getting his knees up on a frog splash. Um, Dragon Lee hits a running drop kick in the corner for two. Uh, German suplex, but Dom came back with a Mishinoku driver for two. Sets it up for the 619. Dragon Lee ducks it. It's a nice knee strike for a near fall. Dom's on the apron, and uh, Dragon Lee used a running Hurricane Rana to drop him to the floor. Oh, my God. Quite right. Followed that with a sit-out powerbomb for a near fall, and quite rightly, this got chance oh of this is God. awesome. Yeah. Um, Dragon Lee oh my God. hit a double foot stomp. <laughs> Uh, but then Dom, as he's uh, climbing the turnbuckle, crotches him on the top rope, hits a frog splash, one, two, three, and dedicates the victory to Memi on his walk back up the ramp. But what a performance from Dragon Lee. Absolutely incredible. Dominic Mysterio deserves immense credit for this as well. He was so good, so sneaky, such a little bastard, such a great bumper. Like, mechanically so great at bumping here, and that's been pretty much the wrap on yeah. Dom. Like, when he forgets to, when he just releases a suplex out of nowhere, it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Like mechanically, he's never really been that great, but my God, he was really, really good here. He did the moves and the spaces between 
like equally like incredibly well. Uh, credit to him. I've basically said everything I needed to say about this match in the intro. It was just absolutely electrifying, like a, a silverfish firework, just zipping absolutely everywhere in spectacular fashion. Absolutely like unthinkable in modern WWE post performance center. Really post monopoly to just let someone go out like this and say, oh, blow people's tits off and my tits are still in my bloody backyard. <laughs> I couldn't comprehend how bold and how perfect and how basically simple this was. This was the thing that AEW does as it's sort of one of its huge big offerings. Look, why not just do this? One of our, one of our. Why not have someone blow your mind instantly? This has got that mid nineties of yeah. Where did you come from? Energy. I love that. I long may this continue in WWE. Yeah, Obviously, our, don't overdo it, like bloody TK. <laughs> but what, do it. One of our often complaints about WWE is they'll mm. do like a title match and then go and don't forget that title match is on Sunday at the pay per view and you're like, well, I've just seen it. Yeah. But yeah. this, if they said, well, he ran him incredibly close and had he not been crotched on the top rope, maybe Dragon Lee would have got one. That should, if they said, oh, yeah, they're going to run it back on Saturday at Normal C, that could get quite a few people to watch, tune in because it was a hell of a contest. Dom's a draw as well. Well, yeah, like this is as much, this was fantastic. Like just echo everything Cedric's thought about this. Michaels and Triple H being best mates really doesn't hurt, does it? Because this is the Book two of them. Year. This is the two Book of them wanting the year. to. Book like, of the year. They want to get each other stuff over. You know, this helps NXT as Dominic Mysterio has, bizarrely. For a little while now, and it's been obscured because it's mostly in tags or multi-mans or squashes where he's losing, we did move on from the he's rubbish and that's why this works era of Dominic Mysterio. Well, there wasn't really much good. It was just, oh, we've passed on from that now. He's, he's functional. Like, those days are over. This was, like, hopefully... The, I, I don't know if, like, Dominic's got a load of these in him right now, but it was hopefully the start of there being a possibility there might be because he was there for everything. He was the other half of this match. And the heat that him as champion brings helped Dragon Lee as well yeah. because the offense matters more because people are desperate to see Dragon Lee get this win. He's not just, he's an underdog in the context of WWE, but also he's clearly so much better than Dominic that people are desperate to see those two things come together. What you were saying before, the, oh, you won't see uh, Triple H doing that. This match brought about the rarest case of that situation being flipped where I saw some account, clearly it doesn't watch WWE and that's fine, but reading a result, Dear, oh dear, oh dear, Dragon Lee losing to Dominic Mysterio, how for the mighty have fallen. And like somebody quote tweeted them being like, oh, no. what, like you mean when he was in AW losing, getting the kicked out of him and unmasked like, while they were rushing to a oh, finish yeah. on Dynamite. And yeah. I was like, God, I forgot about that, yeah. Uh, and it was it this, would have like, been on elevation for six yeah, weeks. And Let's it was not this, bloody do this. Those, they never get caught in 4K like the other way around. It was like, now nah, this, watch, just watch it and you'll realize what people are raving about here, you know. A tremendous bit of business. Loved it. Uh, Owens and Zayn are getting interviewed backstage. Owens is wearing a Rey Mysterio Eddie Guerrero shirt. Uh, <laughs> says tonight has nothing to do with Jey Uso. Just wants to get his bloody hands on the judgment day. And Zayn fires up brilliantly. He's about two friends who start at the bottom, reached the top at WrestleMania, won the tag titles, did it together. Tonight's about taking back what's ours. And Owens is like, yeah, I'm tired of talking. Let's go punch some stupid faces. 
like just filler. But I was saying to you this morning, you'd think that there were there was a stipulation in this main event that this was the last time these could fight for the titles because mm. people were rooting for them so much that maybe something like this was really effective. You're not just as we've said watching the millionth combination of these guys in a raw main event. You, you are watching that as well. You are watching that as well. But somehow they've worked people into thinking that. Well, I this, thought they were going to win. This is the real quiz. Yeah, that's it. This is the real quiz. This is the one that matters. We're going to get the belts back. Uh, Michael Cole is in the ring and he introduces Nia Jax, who comes down to the appropriate reaction. Um, to a weird Bret Hart sound-alike theme. Yes. Mm. Uh, he asks her a question, but Jax isn't paying attention to him. She says, I am Nia Jax, the baddest human in all of WWE. Uh, people thought it was Rhea Ripley, but I squashed her. People thought it was Shayna Baszler, I squashed her. Squash Zoe Stark, Piper Niven, Chelsea Green. I'll squash anyone they put in the ring with me. She gets interrupted by Zoe Stark, who comes down and gets in Jax's face and says, you attack me from behind. Do it right now, face to face. And they get into it. And officials break it up. And, of course, we get Nia Jax versus Zoe Stark after a break, I believe. Um, Stark's at one point, or Stark, I should say, got her on their shoulders, but um, collapsed under the weight of Nia Jax, who uh, hit her with that my whole leg drop on the uh, apron. Uh, with Stark Draper over the bottom rope, hit the Annihilator, one, two, three. This, the promo was really good on paper, but her delivery was not. Oh, like, she's crap. The goal, was, the goal was here, and they've been looking for one since WrestleMania, to find somebody that can believably topple Rhea Ripley. And they have someone in Nia Jax. And then you kind of like have her put her over. Not, she's not just the most dangerous woman, she's the most dangerous person on this roster, because she squashes people, because she's literally done it, but like we'll get a catchphrase over at the same time. So that's... That's that's good booking if in the hands of a good performer. Nia Jax is sometimes not a good performer, and she wasn't here, and this didn't feel believable. And I didn't like that Zoe Stark was the chosen one to lose this match. I didn't even mind that, like, oh, I'll bring something out right now. I'll squash him. I'll show you. I'll back up my words. Yeah. Why her? She got she ran her mouth and got her ass kicked after they'd slowly like built a credibility yeah. over the past however many yeah. months. And Triple H is uh, well, stove's off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and amongst all this, by the way, it was announced for Fastlane that John Cena is in now in a handicap match against Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Get well soon. Have a night. Yeah. Byron Saxton asks Jey Uso, why didn't he join the Judgment Day? And Jay's like, I'm really not interested in joining any groups right about now. Uh, and he gets asked about the tag title match. And he says, look, I've got beef with Owens, but it is what it is. Um, Sammy's still my dog. Uh, I'll have my eyes on the flipping Judgment Day if they try anything funny. Uh, and Balor's backstage congratulating Dom on his win and he's icing his neck and what have you. And uh, he's like, "Where's Damien?" He's like, oh, "He had to. He had to cool off. We still got business to take care of tonight." The um, these promos, you know, the Owens, uh, Sammy Zayn, Cody at the start, Jay, so here, like. Again, it's like I know it's still Vince is still there. It's still WWE. They can book baby faces again. We were, must have gone like twenty years without proper oh, baby. Yeah. Like you know, you can't count John Cena for all the reasons you you can't count him. Half the arena hated him. Like they can book, but it's great. It's great the baby faces are back. Then we get. I can't believe I'm about to say this. A really enjoyable episode <laughs> of Miss TV because the guest was Drew McIntyre, the one I alluded to earlier that I couldn't care less about for quite some time, and now suddenly I'm like. Hey, hey. Now suddenly, I'm like... Hey, 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 hey. You all right. At being a heel. Uh, I I don't trust you. You kiss me, then you kill me. (laughs) Uh, He brings out Drew. 
He says, uh, oh, nice move uh, throwing G so to the Wolves last week. I'd have, I'd have done the same thing. And Drew's like, like, let me just get this straight, first of all. I'm nothing like you. Uh, and he's like, well, we are actually. Um, leaving Jay to get his ass beat is kind of a mismove. Uh, and we all both know what it's like to be the hardest worker and be the champion only to lose it. Uh, you were unbeatable, Drew, until you weren't. At Clash at the Castle, you had a shot. And what happened? The bloodline. Who's front and centre? Jey Uso. He's just weaseling into his little mind. Tribal Chief's right-hand man. You don't trust Jay, and rightfully so. And Drew says, calm as a bitch! He's like, yeah, exactly. Uh, Jay made his bed. He got to sleep in it last week. This calls Drew the Batman of WWE. And says, uh, that must make Cody Superman. Speaking of which, how does it feel to be upstaged by Cody? And I was like, oh, he's stirring this now. Uh, New Day come out before McIntyre can respond, though. Uh, and Kofi said, I didn't know you were so cold-blooded. You could do something so cowardly. Uh, and Xavier Woods says, we've been calling you Big D, but it seems like there's been some shrinkage. I wonder if your sword's gone limp. Sige? Well, Big D, on the surface, it would appear that they're shortening Drew to D. But the shrinkage line uh. implies, and the sword's gone soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they're talking about, like, Big Drew's got a big D, a big dick. Ah! But they're wondering now if it's going to be small. I don't know, that didn't really make any sense whatsoever, to be honest. But they are trying to do knob, ja- knob gags. I think that's because Hamlet, the show's booked by. Uh, Triple H. Thank you. One. Sorry, there's one more swear coming. I apologize. Dicks are Triple H's for Vince McMahon. He found that the funniest thing in the world. Bruce Pritchard said so. And Triple H will never, ever, ever tire of knob gags, ever, whether they're about his own or other people's. DX in the cock. Yeah, DX and the cock, like an entire summer of programming was dedicated to how much Triple H liked dick jokes and, and being I'd, a real like horrible homophobe. Oh yeah, be stretched and flogging them. Morally, you shouldn't like this company as much as you do. Well, speaking of like morally, things, you shouldn't like this company as much morals, as you do. I want to put the segment over because I was gutted that Triple H <laughs> couldn't help me reflect that. <laughs> And put in a dick joke because I was so impressed with this. Not just Drew McIntyre trying to say, well, I'm not like you. Here's my reasons. Like, I wasn't doing it because I'm a piece of trash. That's why you do it. I did it because I've got all these reasons. Like, rationalizing everything that we... Well, he, I, I like to be here where he said, yeah, he said, everyone just expect me to save the day as always. Yeah. I'd like to point out that there was an entire locker room full of people back there who didn't come out and save Jay. New Day included... He says, and the only reason Cody Rhodes came out is because he was cleaning up his own mess. Rhodes is a hypocrite. Uh, and he reminds the New Day of everything, quite rightly, that the Usos and Roman Reigns has done to them. Like, he doesn't forget this. He's completely justified in his own mind and in reality. Yeah. And Kingston's like, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Um, uh, but Jay's trying to make things wa- right. And Drew's like, yeah, but you can't just completely say, well, new person now, wipe the slate clean sort of thing. He says, look, I'm not a coward. You were the ones who didn't step to Jay because of everything after everything he's done. So if anyone's a coward, um, he says, "Look, Kingston says we looked up to you because we believed deep down inside you'd do what was right." And Miz keeps trying to interrupt, and McIntyre says, "Sure, Miz." Fourth time, he just headbutts him and says, "Let's have a bare knuckle fight then, Kofi." I will say before Hamlet really puts us over because he likes it a lot more than I do. I like how Drew has not lost that sort of deadpan, short-tempered character aspect. 
He's not just becoming, right, I'm a bad guy. Let's just be incredibly intense. I'm hard and it ain't made out of plastic. <laughs> Drew McIntyre. He's retained what makes him good. Well, he begins to lose it in the match, which I found like a really cool choice as well. Got to say the Claymore that he, he it's an unbelievable Claymore to Kofi Kingston's face. Like he counts down. To oh my he, God. To the one he misses and then kind of gives up on the, I'm going to be the affable guy for the fans and just drills him when the opportunity appears. And it's like, he, he flattens him. <laughs> he put that count in as a, I'm going to be a nice guy now and have some fun. He loves to have fun. He's taking the count away because he's getting a bit sick of it. And he's sick of all these people telling him that he should be a nice guy and all the rest of it. A, a thigh rub and stuff this for me, honestly. Like, I'm the same as you. Drew McIntyre is typically one of the wrestlers I'm least interested in. And as soon as they put him with Riddle and you thought, he's going to batter him, great. But it's because it's in service of a heel turn and then the JU stuff adds to it. And this week, the New Day just being used. And again, it's why I hate the dick joke so much. If there were two people that you could believe that absolutely could forgive and forget, not just what Jey Uso did to them within the bloodline when they stomped on Xavier Woods' crown, but just the fact that they fought for years. And if you remember, the Usos took their record, the tag team title record, and they kind of won conclusively that epic mm. Usos New Day rivalry. If there was anybody that could forgive and forget and try and move forward. But then also, yeah, you remember the Usos, I still love that moment where they forfeited the tag thing to get Kofi to Mania. I linger in mutual respect underneath. It's it's the New Day. Yeah. So they come out there and no better, there are two no better characters than those two. And then, baby faces for ages as well, which yeah, really helps. Just the, How long have they been like face for? They turned in like 2015. So you're what, like you're eight years in now? And they never turned heel after that? Nah. They're That's just like, awesome. They're a moral center f- for all those years where the company didn't have one. And then the fact that they, like, going back, this makes sense in, like, the short term as well, because it was all that stuff with the throw in the chair accidentally the other week. That was the new day, too. So Drew's already got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder with these two. But even if he hadn't done, it would have been the most believable outcome here to lead you to the match, which, again, like, that, I absolutely loved that finish. Like, we'll get to that. Like, I want to put the finish well, yeah, on. Let's, yeah, let's talk about the match. McIntyre's in control for the most part, because look at him and look at Kofi. The whole reason I think they did the Ivar match last week was, like, Kofi can get his ass handed to him, but he... Can always steal one, not steal one, but can always potentially, you know, get a, a fluke, a shock victory, mm. I should say, out of nowhere. So McIntyre's hitting overhead, overhead suplexes <laughs> and a neck breaker. Kicks the blocks of DDT, uh, hits a famous for two count, uh, goes for trouble in paradise. McIntyre avoids it though and hits a future shock DDT. Um, Kingston countered a clothesline, hit a suicide dive. McIntyre fought back and yeah, spot the, uh, the heel tendencies. Gave Kingston a reverse Alabama slam onto the apron. <laughs> uh, Kingston ducked a Claymore kick, though, after the countdown. Uh, hit the SOS for a two count. Uh, and with both men down, here comes Ivar to run down and attack Xavier Woods. Uh, squash him against the barricade. Kingston's getting to his feet. Turns around and sees this. McIntyre sees an opportunity. And as uh, Sidgwick said, gets his head taken off. <laughs> Oh my God. McIntyre nails Kingston with the Claymore. One, two, three. Uh, and then post-match, Ivar and Valhalla hits the ring, uh, attacks Kingston, and McIntyre's like, I can't even be bothered, and just walks out whilst Ivar hits Kingston with that moonsault of his. Very good plotting. Very, very good plotting. Claymore was great. This doesn't work, I don't think, because I'm not seeing it on SmackDown. But, like, do you feel like with a certain buzz being on Raw, like these wrestlers who've had to toil in... Actual silence throughout the pandemic and virtual silence for what honestly feels like the past six or seven years that they go to work and it's like, oh my God, these fans have been really loud the past month and a half. That's 
give them something to get louder about. It really feels like yeah. these TV matches and the, the, the audience reactions are like, I know, they're feeding off each other. Mm. The energy feels like an energetic show for freaking once. There's like, this was another match where it's like, they felt really motivated. There's texture to them, isn't there? That's what I mean. Like, there's kind of like, you feel like you're watching different matches featuring, and like, this never happens in WWE, like, with consistency, featuring wrestlers to wrestle, wrestling the way they would wrestle, not doing a WWE formula match. That finish where Kofi just wants to eat, like, twice, he tries to just get out the ring to help Xavier Woods. Drew sees that. He's not blind to it, and he just pulls him back in. It's like dragging him into, uh, like, WWE love this phrase, but dragging him into the deep water. No, 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 I'm having a match, and I'm going to beat you now. Like, it's so, it's unnecessarily cruel from a guy that's pretending that he's not in the process of turning heel. Like, the walking away bit was with the shrug was like, oh, you know what, I am who I am now. But that, if they could have left that and had the finish, like, illustrate that point just as well. Also, barriers that don't fall over are the new tables that don't break. Because Ivar, Pancake, oh. and Xavier Woods <laughs> up against that barrier that just sat still. Yeah. The screen one looked Awesome. Like he's just upright getting squashed up against it. And you hear that thud. Tremendous. Believable beatdown. Like Viking Raiders New Days, a match I want to see. Cedric's point about the hot crowds. Like, and I needed some noise to prove it. All these weeks I was like, I think I like a lot of the people on this show and care what they're doing. That's where like the noise comes from. Yeah. And this episode of Raw was tremendous, but is it nearly main event time? Yes, just in amongst all this, I should say, prior to this match, we had Chad Gable uh Cheering up Otis in the back. Says, look, we'll watch tape, learn what went wrong. Kaiser- he's came across as such a nice guy. Yeah. Kaiser interrupts and says, you're an embarrassment. And uh, Maxine Dupree just says, I'll go away. Uh, and Gable says, can you send Gunther a message? I've still got my eyes on that IC title. Uh, and I'm going to suplex my way to his championship. And says, hey, put some bass in your voice when you tell him as well. And then he says, attack uh, still be German. funny. It's Kurt Angle in every sense, isn't he? Yes. He can juggle both. Not quite as intense. Not quite. But well, that's maybe for the better based on it's what we know made where, like, intense. There's been a million knew this wrestler, knew this wrestler, and they virtually all stink. He's somehow an 8 out of 10 Kurt Angle, and that's yeah. one of the highest possible <laughs> compliments. Uh, and this is the bit where Gunther was berating his boys. We've talked about it already backstage. And uh, Saxton catches up with Ivar about attacking the New Day. And Valhalla says, an eye for an eye. It's rubbish, but I do kind of want to see the match now. Yeah. I like watching the Viking Raiders again. Yeah. So fine. Uh, and it is main event time. Uh, Undisputed tag team titles. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn challenging Damian Priest and Finn Balor of the Judgment Day. Uh, we go to a break pretty much straight away in this match. When we come back, Owens knocks Priest off the apron, but that allows Finn Balor to drop him. Double foot stomp. Uh, Priest smacks Owens and says, tough guy. <laughs> so Owens fights back and hits him with a DDT. Zane comes in, hits Priest with a clothesline, the punches in the corner, the drop kick, and he wipes out both opponents with a big flip dive to take us to a second break. When we come back, uh, Zane hits Priest with a tornado DDT. Owens gets the hot tag and runs over the guys with clotheslines and Backdrops Damian Priest onto the announce table. Uh, Owens hit Balor with a frog splash for a near fall. Another this is awesome chant from the crowd. Um, f- uh, rolling Fireman's carry off the middle rope for another, another near fall oh from uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, Owens goes for the senton bomb, but Balor gets his knees up. <laughs> this is the bit where Wade Barrett went, Sling Blade! And he hit a drop kick and then a coup de grace for Sami Zayn. Broke it up. Um, and then Priest is like, tag me in. To Finn, and he does so. Zayn comes in too, hits Priest with the exploder in the corner. Dom, of course, runs out at this point, jumps on the apron. That distracts Sami Zayn. But he gets out of the razor's edge and hits the blue thunderbomb. Uh, Bala has to break up the cover. 
Owens tackles Balor. That distracts the referee uh, long enough for Dom to drape Zayn over the top rope. Priest hit a flatline, but it can only get a two count. Jay runs out and attacks Dom. JD McDonough shows up and attacks Jay. They're fighting, teaming up on Jay, Dom and McDonough. Uh, and then here comes Cody Rhodes, who runs right through the ring. Oh my God. Suicide dives onto JD McDonough. Oh, yeah. running. Oh, my God. Uh, House of Fire. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Street of Fire. <laughs> Rhodes and Jay beat up Dom. Officials break it up. Owens hit Balor with a stunner. Zayn hit Priest with a halluva kick. And I went, oh my God, they're winning the tag tiles. Yeah. And then just as that's happened, obviously Zayn's got his leg stuck up in the corner. Uh, before he can turn around and make a cover, here comes JD Madonna. Perfect timing. Jumps up on the apron, nails Zayn with the title belt, uh, and he collapses. And Priest just drapes an arm over Sami Zayn. One, two, three. The Judgment Day retain the tag titles. And then more chaos in the Raw main event to finish. Rhodes and Jay run back out to attack the Judgment Day. Huge brawl. Owens gives Dom a stunner, and the baby faces stand tall. What ended? Gotta say that the match, the second half was a lot better as these Raw matches tend to um, go. Yeah. It went, what, 18 minutes? Probably four minutes too long, but who cares? 20 odd, actually, yeah. You'd forgotten the first half by the, the pulsating second half. Like the near falls, the saves. Like I don't think I'll remember this at the end of the year. I don't think it was quite that caliber, but I'll remember this post-match. Oh, yeah. This that dive. <laughs> that dive, Cody just like an actual incandescent baby face. He's not merely on fire. He feels like a different material at this point. Like, this was the first time between the urgency, the energy, the way all the characters overlapped, the elegance, but it didn't feel too elegant and masturbatory. It just felt like just a lot of, like, swarming with ideas and benefiting from the history that you've plotted with all of these characters. This is the first time since October 2, 2019, that a Monday felt like a Wednesday. <laughs> it just felt so vibrant and lively. And I, I, any more of this, and I might actually look forward to watching this program. <laughs> wow. I might actually anticipate it because this was kind of irresistible. Yeah, there's been a couple of finishes to Raws of late. Like Triple H does like his brawls, but there's been a couple where I've compared them to like the end of a 2000 edition of Raw. Highest praise I can give, really, because... And it's, it's not 2019. Just, it's not just because 20, of, like... 20 February. Ah, shut up. I mean, <laughs> you know. Tell myself to suck my cat. <laughs> it's not just, like, because of, like, the hot crowds or all the over characters, which 2000 had in spades, but it's the feeling that, like, there's still so much more to do with them. You're not just getting a bunch of people over that have fought loads of times in the Vince era when everything was dead, and Triple H is just trying to get the best of what's left. There's a bunch of new people here and fresh combinations and like avenues that you've not seen all of these wrestlers take. Cody Rhodes obviously being chief amongst them because he somehow still has the glisten of like that we thought he'd lose almost straight away and, and he hasn't, you know. Sid is right to point out this is just a man on a different level. Megastars just have a different glow around them than everybody else. Can't explain it, can't define it. He's got it still. Um, that running, that brawl, I will indeed remember that at the end of this year. Um, Cody had a part in this. Yeah, well, you know the the lack of music. Must have been AW influence somewhere. We we were talking about like it's like over the desk. The lack of music <laughs> felt like that's the thing you've raised a million times about. You're sad to see it go, and it was like here it was coming yeah, back. It, to them, it, it took them a month, <laughs> <laughs> but I still cherish that month of October 2019. Yeah, this benefited from that because you had the soundtrack of this electric crowd again, which has made a big difference in the second half of the year's roles versus the first half. Like when I still believe the product was good, but the fans weren't reacting to much of it. Now it's like seeming like it's coming together. I think, you know, we talked about war games. I think we're getting an eight man at Fastlane. I don't think this is 
the end of the War Games build. I think the peak in this four, just a straight up eight man at fast lane. This well, felt like, like a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I think there's more to do with other extra characters. In the age of rebooted War Games across AEW, Blood and Guts, and WWE and NXT War Games, this was the absolute best go home angle you could shoot for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not uh, nowhere near ready yet. Two, yeah. two, maybe at least two more episodes, I feel like. Yeah. I wonder if, like, they're... Well, number four, Survivor Series, I mean. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Could have the heels win at Fastlane to give JD McDonough his, like, and sort then, of official and place. And then do the stable. advantage. Yeah. Then do the advantage. Mm-hmm. It's Triple H, I want to hold your breath on that one. <laughs> I never seem to understand that. He's cooking, though. Like, he's not and seasoned I mean- that meat yet. He's not cooked it nice and tender and quickly. Hasn't rested it long enough to, to get the maximum flavors, but he is sauteing them onions. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Let us know your thoughts on Monday Night Raw on uh, at What Culture WWE. Watch there. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Bit of a topsy turvy day today, guys. Uh, the NXT preview <laughs> is available right now. And myself and the other two Dadly boys uh, will be back tomorrow to review NXT and look ahead to AW Dynamite. But for now, it's been the Raw Review. My thanks to the other two Dadly boys. Thank you for joining us. We will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.